The podcast show 2022 is coming to Islington, London this month on May the 25th and the 26th. It's where brands and the global podcast community come together under one roof for creators, the industry and podcast fans. This year's podcast show will feature world-class speakers, including Louis Theroux, Emily Maitlis, Fern Cotton, and hundreds more. There will be 150 panels and sessions and access to a global lineup of brands, including Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Acast, the BBC, and of course, Campaign. That's right, we're going to be at the podcast show this year. Make sure your brand is primed for podcasting. Day passes are £65, or you can come for both days for £110. Use the promo code campaign all in uppercase and get a special 20% off book your tickets now at the podcast show london.com that's the podcast show london.com we'll see you there hello i'm arvin hickman and welcome to the campaign podcast Recently, WPP's media arm, Group M, decided to merge two of its agencies, Mediacom and Essence. Today, I'm joined by campaign editor Maisie McCabe and editor-in-chief Gideon Spanier to discuss whether the merger makes sense and what it means for Group M and the wider industry. But to begin with, we're going to run the rule over some of the ads that have caught our attention from brands including B&Q, V&A and Tenor. Maisie is joining us from our brand spanking new studio at Campaign HQ that we are using for the first time. What are your impressions of it, Maisie? Oh, uh, lovely. Yeah, no, fantastic. We're sort of nestled in between the breakout areas and the canteen. So, um, yeah, no, buzzing. Fantastic. And Gideon is joining us remotely. How are you going, Gideon? Uh, I'm very well, thanks. Unfortunately, my dog is not 100%, so that's why I can't be with you in person. Hopefully, your dog gets well very soon. Right, let's jump into some ad reviews. Uh, The first one we're going to look at is from B&Q, and it's called Flip. It's by Uncommon Creative Studio and is one that features a large rotating house and a woman who has found out that she's pregnant trying to get onto the other side of the house as it spins upside down. Now, the ad aims to capture how big life moments can feel overwhelming, particularly if you have to do work on your home. We've all been there, let's be honest. An interesting fact, the film was shot in camera using a 24-ton rotating set that was built to fit a football stadium because of how large it was. At its highest point, the double-sided house was more than six stories high. Now, Oscar Hudson, who was behind the Grammy-nominated Apple AirPods ad Bounce in 2019, uh, directed the film through Pulse Films. Maisie, I saw this ad at the cinema the other night, and I have to say it was very impressive on the big screen. The visual effects are incredible. Uh, It certainly caught my attention, and I found it quite memorable. Uh, What are your views on the ad? Yeah, no, I think it's been really beautifully put together. Um, you know, the sort of you can imagine it would have been really probably challenging and enjoyable um, on the shoot, and yeah. um, I think they've done a really impressive job. It's also interesting because it's sort of it's a little bit more of a story. A lot of Uncommon's work for B and Q, you've had kind of beautiful films, but quite a few vignettes and things, and obviously lots of really good posters. Mm-hmm. But this was sort of having more of an emotional story at the heart of it. Felt like a bit of a sort of shift upwards for them. Okay, fantastic. Gideon, what were your thoughts about the B&Q ad? Yeah, I loved it, really. Um, Great. Visually, it's arresting. It's quite a dull sector, and I don't think B&Q had a lot to shout about as a brand before 
um, Uncommon got their hands on the brand and built this brand platform around sort of build a life. Mm-hmm. And um, with the uh, woman as the hero and climbing up and revealing that she's pregnant, um, I just thought it was a very charming and uh, colorful, joyful. Uh, yeah, the overall, uh, it's a winner for me. That sounds like it's a hit for all of us. Uh, Maisie, now let's move on to the VNA ad. Take us through that. The VNA ad is called Creativity. It's what makes us human. And it was made by Adam and Eve DDB. So in the spot, a mannequin comes to life in the form of the dancer Max Cookwood who was a contemporary finalist in the BBC Young Dancer competition in 2019. And he is joined by other dancers as he journeys through an empty V&A. As they make their way through the galleries, the dancers gain momentum and energy. The film ends with the line, creativity, it's what makes us human. The film promotes the museum's permanent collection and a range of in-person and online events. So Edward Usher and Xander Hart at Adam and Eve DDB were the creative team behind the ad and it was directed by Georgia Hudson through Park Pictures. So artistically, this is a, obviously a really beautiful thing um, and you can see why it might be, make people want to visit the V&A. What did you think, Gideon? Yeah, I really liked it. And just to say, you know, that if there's a little bit of a, the night at the museum about it and I felt with the sort of the ethereal dancers, there was a little bit of a, the Burberry Open Spaces ad too. So I, I really felt like it's evocative and yeah, it's not especially, how can I put it, purpose-driven. It's just a sort of little journey, beautiful journey. If you think about the V&A Museum in London, it's very historic and you know, I don't think they have a huge budget, but they're trying to modernise and be relevant I think this film will help them. And I know from Adam and Eve that you know, they're very proud of it. It's been what they sort of say, a labour of love to do something like this. Maisie, it, there was a bit of Night of the Museum about it, wasn't there? What, what were your thoughts? It's obviously a beautifully choreographed and exquisitely put together film. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it'll prove to be a really effectiveness, uh, effective one as well. Fantastic. Okay, let's move on to our final one. And that's the tenor ad. Gideon, can you take us through this? Uh, Yes, I can. And I can tell you, I was actually a judge for this because um, it's called Last Lonely Menopause made by Abbott Mead because BBDO. So uh, Channel 4 runs an annual diversity and advertising award. And this ad in particular from tenor explores intergenerational conversations about the menopause. It's directed by Shannon Murphy through Leaf. The eye-opening two-minute film depicts a mother and daughter as the mother navigates the emotional and physical effects of the menopause. The ad, devised by Lauren Peters and Augustine Cerf from AMV BBDO, follows the mother's experiences and takes inspiration from coming-of-age film tropes to illustrate a second coming of age. So we see on during the film, hot flushes, mood swings, pelvic floor troubles, sex, they're all explored during the film and to smash some of the sort of stigma and taboo around women's health. And um, it concludes with the daughter asking her mother what the menopause is like and encouraging conversation around the taboo subject. I used to feel like myself all of the time. Now it's like someone else's body's been stuffed inside my skin. Was it my mother's job to prepare me for this? 
If so, add that to the growing list of things I resent. So I am uh, perhaps a little bit, uh, well, I definitely have a, a greater insight into the making of this because they actually pitched the, the film to the judges. And yeah, I think it's really a lovely film. Uh, I think it's there's something quite joyful about it, despite the obvious challenging subject matter. And there has been a lot of discussion about menopause in the last couple of years. And But I can say as a, a man of the kind of age that women go through the menopause, um, this was not talked about and it definitely wasn't seen in advertising 25, 30 years ago. And uh, I, I think it's really well made. Obviously, there are some very talented female creatives involved in the making of this. Yeah, I mean, I really like the ad as well. Obviously, I'm not the target audience, but I thought it was quite beautifully shot and, and sort of crafted. And, and I thought the message was, was quite powerful. What were your thoughts, Maisie? It's well done. Um, and I guess to your point, Gideon, it's sort of probably even in relatively recent memory, sort of, you know, you think of tenor outs and you're sort of like a sort of white-haired woman in a pair of jeans kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, this is obviously a, a fully formed woman with a, you know, romantic life and all the rest of it. And so, you know, it's got kind of some, it's got some fun and wit to it, um, mm. as well as having a really important message. Um, so, you know, I thought it was good. I've got a daughter. So I was like, oh, 10 years time, basically. That'll be us. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, my one point I did think as a mother was like, the mum's been going through all this. And it's not until the end that the daughter says, like, what's the menopause like? It's like, where have you been for the last two minutes of the film? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's that's a joke. I don't mean it. But, um... Point well made. As many of our listeners might be aware, in recent weeks, um, Group M decided to combine Essence and Mediacom. Now, Gideon and I recently caught up with Group M's global chief executive, Christian Jewell, to discuss the reasons why they are merging Mediacom and Essence. Interestingly, Christian was the global CEO of Essence when WPP acquired the agency in 2015. Let's take a listen to why Christian believes the merger makes sense. Both agencies are doing wonderfully well, and together they're going to do even better. I can see where maybe you would think it's a defensive move, but the truth is that, you know, Essence brings digital creative technology, data-driven performance, you know, product development skills into the equation. Mediacom has global scale, multinational client service, and multi-channel audience planning expertise. Those are two things that are kind of sit on the other side, and clients have sort of had to choose in the past. I want someone small and nimble who's really you know, sophisticated with digital and, and performance, or I want someone who can launch, you know, large multinational campaigns for me and really think about, you know, multi-channel optimization. By bringing these two things together, we eliminate the need to choose. You know, I've got one agency that has the global scale capability, you know, embedded down with the best digital thinking and performance orientation in the marketplace. Essence MediaCom will be 10,000 employees, 125 offices, almost 25 billion in billings, they already share Mars and NBCU and Google, so you know we'll continue there. But that's you know the rough outline of that group. And there's no doubt Essence will benefit from you know global scale and capability, and so will their clients. You know when you start to branch out into multi-channel television markets and traditional media is still bought relatively locally, so the 125 offices that they'll be able to tap into will will help them with big global brands. You know I think it's just a great time for us and a great opportunity to to bring them together. A lot of the work 
that in the process around search social programmatic that's into Nexus was basically blueprinted through Essence. And a lot of the Essence Activision pe activation people are already in Nexus. So one of the key messages to understand in this is that Nexus is almost as big as benefactor as Essence as Essence MediaCom will be, because a lot of the capabilities are now consistently deployed through Nexus to all of our agencies. So we have one way of doing performance, one way of doing analytics, one way of showing campaign performance. And a lot of that's blueprinted through, you know, the Essence playbook. And we will operate Essence as a separate brand in the UK for some period still. And there's a, you know, you outlined one of the conflict reasons. There's a few others, but, you know, we'll continue to do that in that market. It'll have joint management, but it'll be a separate, a separate brand in the UK. Mediacom was the agency that Essence partnered with to establish the scoping for, you know, their media consolidation. So Mediacom does handle you know, the vast majority of the offline um, for the Google business. So those teams have already come together into something called the Media Futures Group, MFG. That's a fully integrated team, single P&L um, across all the different markets. And that was always the plan that we had been putting together with, with uh, Google. You know, I think I have a lot of confidence, you know, watching the Google process come together, seeing how they've worked together on NBCU for years. You know, our people unify around clients, you know, around making their clients successful. And I've never seen two organizations that are more dedicated to their clients' success than Essence and Mediacom. So, you know, I'm comfortable they'll do that. They've got a really um, integrated management team already planned. So Nicholas will announce that sometime, but it's, you know, 50% coming from Essence, 50% coming from Mediacom. Kyoko is going to do an amazing job for us, you know, running WPP Japan and helping us, you know, stay engaged with our business across APAC, which is our number one growth region. So, you know, I feel like, a lot of people are still going to be in place in different roles, but we've got a good integrated joint management team. And I think they'll be able to rally around their clients to, to be successful. And I think everybody's going to have a lot of fun with the new capabilities that the organization is going to bring. I mean, for us, since there's a ton of mobility, you know, across these different markets and probably in some ways it'd be easier to work because you've got, you know, local teams for a media con, you're getting a whole new tool, you know, kind of toolkit to go, and think about measurement or performance um, to get into some of the, the systems like Olive that you know they've they've used pieces in the past but not really rolled out as their own OS you know, across everything. We've got a lot of open roles. We've got a lot of different opportunities for very talented folks. Like I said, both agencies were doing incredibly well before this, um, so this isn't any kind of exercise and trying to to create synergies on the cost side. It's really about creating synergies for growth and opportunity um, and for our clients going forward. Gideon, some interesting thoughts from Christian. Perhaps it'd be useful to provide our listeners with some context about Essence and the reasons why it joined WPP in the first place. Well, the, how long have we got? Uh, I mean, Essence has made its name as a digital agency and its most important client was Google. It was founded in 2005 by three British uh, guys who were actually working in consulting and financial services. They weren't directly involved in advertising. And they saw this ability to take data and make advertising addressable. And they always took the view that you know, why would you not try and target advertising? And you know, if you are a parent, see a nappy ad. If you're not a parent, don't. That kind of example. 2015, they'd buy, they were already, I think, well, more than, five, more than 500 people, and they'd made a couple of acquisitions. And this was a chance for them to scale up by joining WPP, and I dare say for the founders to exit, uh, which they did. And 
where for the attraction for WPP was here was a digital agency. It was around that time that people started talking about the duopoly of Google and Facebook suddenly really sucking up a very large amount of the growth in all advertising spend. And here they were getting the uh, agency used by the biggest media owner in the world, Google. So that's been the narrative. And Essence has, has in, it, in its ways of working, um, the, its use of technology, sort of uh, really iterating that kind of coding approach to creativity, try, try, try again, uh, contextual advertising, transparency in the way that they approach things. Um, has become, if you like, a dominant force uh, for WPP. And it, when you saw Christian Jewell, the CEO of Essence pro- previously, become the CEO of Group M, I think there was this sense that uh, as digital advertising became more and more dominant, this was a way to make all of WPP's media offerings more digital uh, more data-driven. So that's the context for what's happening. And then perhaps the last thing to say is both Mediacom and Essence have been very successful agencies. Um, Mediacom has been headquartered in Britain. Essence was uh, founded in the UK. Uh, they're the number one Mediacom and four Essence agencies in the UK by media billings, which Nielsen calculates. So they're huge. But in other markets, they're not as strong especially in not in the US. And I think that's been a driver for this merger. Um, and But I think you should think of it as a merger of quite strong players, whereas previously when there was a merger like this at WPP in 2017, Maxis and MEC uh, were both struggling. So it's an interesting, if you like, positive move. It is an interesting movie, um, and I, I got caught up with Tim Irwin last year. I'm not sure if he had any wind of the move back then or, or the plans, and, and he basically said that, you know, Essence was trying to build up some of its sort of traditional media buying um, bench strength, um, if you like. So this this did come as, as a bit of a surprise, but when you sort of think about it, Essence has a very strong reputation as a digital um, first type agency, and Mediacom obviously has those traditional media buying muscle. So I, I guess it's quite a complementary merger in many ways. Yes, I mean I think the key, which I believe, is that clients are driving this. So they say that uh, for Google, Mars, and NBC Universal, they already work together. Yep. Uh, so, so you know, Kristen Jules' point really, and he should know, is that yes. Uh, Essence can do the data-driven marketing. But in the case of Google, Google actually used the, uh, for sort of brand building and reach, they used Omnicom's media agencies, OMD and PhD. And it was only when they brought Mediacom in that they could, if you like, do the full spectrum of media planning and buying. And um, I think that's telling you that there are logical reasons to do this uh, certainly, that's the message they want to sell. Uh, it's what clients want. This, this has, to put it another way, it hasn't been done because clients are all walking out the door. Now, on that note, I think it's important to point out as well: in the UK, this merger is not going ahead. Um, you know, in twenty twenty three, as it as it is in other markets, uh, and the reason for that is client conflict. Uh, you have Sky, which is a Mediacom client and its rival BT, which is an Essence client. So there's still a little bit of uncertainty in terms of how this plays out in this particular market. Uh, Maisie, did, what were your sort of thoughts when you first heard about this combination? I think it's interesting. It's 
there's good, a good perspective there, I think, Gideon, in terms of this not necessarily being as well. It in terms of their spin, it's not necessarily because of each of their weaknesses, but instead because of both of their strengths, which are complementary. Um, and I think you probably potentially argue both ways. But um, I mean, it seems like a you know, it's a felt like certainly because of the size of both agencies in the UK felt like a really huge thing. Like yeah. I remember when Maxis and MEC merged and that felt like quite a huge thing. So, um, yeah, to to merge the the biggest and the fourth biggest agencies yeah. together, um, you know, it was, it was a big day, wasn't it? In addition to the um, rivalry between Sky and BT, you also have Tesco, which is a Mediacom client, and Sainsbury's, which is an Essence, Essence client. And the retail market is incredibly competitive so I'd imagine that's a big issue that they need to work through. The other thing as well, the other point to make as well in, in terms of this market specifically uh, is Mediacom you know, opened its Google practice not so long ago um, so it'll be interesting to see how it sort of brings Essence on board and 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 how that plays out. There, there might be a bit of a clash there. What's your, what's your instinct on that Gideon? Well um, I think oh, there's two things obviously there they need to try to ensure there isn't a clash it's interesting in the UK Mediacom will cease to exist as a brand it will be essence Mediacom and whilst they haven't named the sort of second agency I you should assume it will be something like essence UK so they the when I went to see Nick Lawson who's the CEO the global CEO of Mediacom and has spent his entire career really at Mediacom for more than 30 years. He's seen other mergers. There was when the media business merged with Mediacom, which was at the end of the 1990s, and uh, more recently when uh, the whole parent of Mediacom, Grey Group, got bought by WPP. Mergers can work. And yes, there's a little bit of operating a conflict shop in the UK, but the key is brands and the, the clients. And if... Google and Mars, uh, in particular, in the UK, want this joined-up brand and performance offering. That's what you know. Essence Mediacom needs to offer. Um, I'll just mention also that uh, they've just announced the new leadership team, or at least some of the lineup, and um, it's a mix of uh, Essence and Mediacom executives. There's definitely more Mediacom ones. So Josh Krzyzewski, who was uh, the global COO, Chief Operating Officer, and EMEA CEO. He he takes the global COO role in uh, Essence Mediacom. You've got uh, Tim Irwin, who was once upon a time at Maxis. He was at uh, the EMEA CEO of Essence. He will become the EMEA CEO of the new merged agency, Essence Mediacom. Uh, Rupert McKetry, who runs Mediacom in uh, APAC, will become uh, take that role for Essence Mediacom. Interestingly, in the US, they have not appointed a CEO yet. And I think, again, that's a sort of um, sign that kind of a third of the media market, that's where the challenge is. And whereas Mediacom uh, is number one in the UK and has been really for almost 20 years, uh, it's way off. It's maybe seven or eight in, in the US uh, the merger will push it up a bit, but that's um, an area, a region where um, Group M has always been traditionally a little bit weaker. Uh, it's the world's biggest media buyer. So if you ask, 
you know, they're strongest in Europe, they're next strongest in APAC. Uh, in the US, they're not by any means sort of a laggard, but uh, both Publicis and Omnicom are probably slightly ahead and, and certainly big challenges to uh, WPP. So it's an interesting new lineup and the challenge will be to get the cultures to work. Uh, I I think if you, if you start with clients have... Uh, they've already doing this. They're already doing it for Google. They've been doing it since last year. They've already been doing it for Mars. Um, I tell you one thing to watch out for. We don't know if Essence Mediacom will pitch for Volkswagen Group. But that's a big media pitch this year, and uh, they lost. Mediacom lost it in 2016. Uh, you can achieve a lot when you win a big new client, and um, uh, who knows? But I'm sure that will be the ambition. Get build a new culture around some of these big clients, and uh, that the proof will be: can they win? Yeah, I'll, I'll get back to the consolidation point in a second. So I, I think it's an important one. I just wanted to ask you, Gideon, do you have any more insight in terms of how it's going to work in the UK? The, the reason why I ask is I was at a, a MediaCom uh, campaign, sorry, MediaCom North campaign breakfast briefing in Leeds recently, and I had a chat to Simon Price, the managing director of MediaCom Leeds, and and a few a few of his colleagues about this, and there seems to be quite a lot of uncertainty at this stage in in terms of how it's going to play out. Uh, do, you, do you get a sense from Nick or anyone else in terms of how how it'll work in the UK? Uh, well, no, I and I and um, they haven't uh, in the new leadership lineup. They haven't gone into country leaders yet for Essence MediaCom. There would be uncertainty because they are merging uh, two groups: one with uh, eight thousand people globally and two thousand in um, Essence uh, MediaCom alone has close to fifteen hundred people in the UK plus the Essence team. So I think it will take a little bit of time. People always want answers straight away. Um, I I can I, I can just assume that they will probably not probably they have said they operationally are they are keeping the two agencies separate, but clearly they want to sort of share some of Essence's digital uh, tools and digital practices. They want to share MediaCom's sort of media planning approach. Um, but you know, in some ways. As has been pointed out to me, you know, all of the WPP media agencies trade through Group M. So going down the line, they've in, you know, from what Christian Jewell said, they're not looking, they say, to make job cuts. But there will, I'm sure, be in some cases where, you know, people are going to be asked to move job. So it's unsettling. It will take, they say, until January 2023 to launch. But, um, the forecasts are that the market's rising still, despite all the problems with um, the economy. So uh, I think that makes it a good place to do a merger. Okay. Maisie, this is sort of this whole consolidation trend. We've seen quite a lot of large uh, consolidation pitches, haven't we, where you know big clients want fewer agencies to deal with. Um, and I, I, you know, this seems to have inspired this merger to some degree. Do you think this might be a trend that that's happening in the industry that might see other agencies merge? Well, I, I'd probably argue we this isn't the first. I suppose we saw it on the creative side. Yeah, a few years ago when you had the creation of Wonderman Thompson and VML YNR mm-hmm. um, groups from WPP too. You know, my my feeling around consolidation versus not at the moment is that. All clients are different, all marketers are different, all businesses are different. And what we've actually seen is with BA, with the pitch last year, obviously they moved from having a single 
group model to appointing agencies separately. Mm-hmm. Um, and also with a compare the market pitch, they did the kind of opposite of this and separated out some of the performance work. So, um, it's a bit swings around about. Yeah, yeah, I don't know whether, sorry, that's probably not very helpful, but I think almost the trend is now find the solution that works for you and your business and your team. Yeah, yeah. Gideon, what, what are your thoughts on that in terms of consolidation? Do you think we'll see more of these sort of uh, mergers between large media agencies within groups? Yes, is the short answer, because over time, um, you know, simplification always helps. I think what, you know, one of uh, the media common essence's rivals at another network, you know, were, was quite taken aback in and impressed by this. And of course, they've got to make it happen. But there's a lot of companies talking about trying to bring, uh, if you like, the full full spectrum creativity and media um, together with digital. And when digital is the majority of spend, uh, it's the majority of uh, media consumption for most people in Western markets. It's like, why why wouldn't you do this? And it will be very interesting to see if it works. I think if you talk to WPP, they would say, of course, that some of their mergers um, have worked really well, perhaps some less well than others. But it helps if you already are in a strong place. And let's not forget, most of the creative agency mergers were done because they were underperforming those agencies. And you hear it a lot and you hear it from all kinds of different people, whether you you hear it from the clients themselves saying, but our performance marketing is no different from our our TV campaigns. It's all our brand. We're trying to get the customer experience integrated, etc., so I see um, more simplification. It makes sense. And by the way, on the very same day as Accenture, sorry, at the same day as Mediacom and Essence merged, Accenture said they, they would dissolve all their agency brands bar David Droger's Droger 5, and they would just all trade as Accenture Song. So interesting that a big consulting firm uh, has said, oh, we're not worried about conflict. We can manage that internally sort of through white labeling our teams. And um, sometimes, much as we love agency brands at campaign, sometimes you think, well, you know, fewer agency brands isn't such a bad thing if it's delivering great work for clients. Yeah, I might just bring you in on a final point, Maisie, about the uh, Accenture rebrand and its plans. What were your thoughts? When, you know, it was one of those names that you kind of hear and it stopped, you know, gives you a bit of pause. Um it was interesting. I was talking to a creative director about this yesterday and they thought it was brilliant. They thought it was inspired and going to be really lovely. And it was a kind of beautiful kind of ode to um, communication. So, yeah, it was good. It was good food for the thought to hear from them, um, their views, really. I think it'd be interesting to see, you know, their kind of um, provocation was that song is better than interactive which I think is probably a, probably a fair a, Probably point. a fair <laughs> yeah. Is, is it you the know, best not... phrase you could use? That's up for debate, but uh, it's definitely an improvement inter- on interactive. Yeah. I mean, you've spoken to David Droger, haven't you, Gideon, about it? I have, yes. And, you know, I mean, he likes likes it, of course. And um, he, ha- he has managed to get rid of every other brand apart from his own, which obviously he says is just because 
Drager Five such a great brand still. Um, I, I, I would just to come back to the idea really that you know brand agency brands are important for attracting talent, staff, sense of belonging, the culture. And I think they can matter for marketers. I think they matter obviously less for clients and even less for consumers, if at all. So the thing about, if we used to come back to where we were with Media Common Essence, they are both really uh, been strong media agency brands. They've both been successful brands. And it is a, a, an interesting thing when you merge two brands to see what happens. And uh, could Essence's sort of cutting edge approach to digital media be blunted uh well obviously chris and jill will hope not because he's trying to also stick some of the those capabilities into nexus which is a sort of layer of services below the agencies and i actually think it's an exciting time because one thing for sure is uh you know advertising media is going to change a lot in the next five or ten years so trying to cling on to um a sort of old way of doing things or old brand names won't won't protect you in terms of dealing with all the exciting things with connected tv and the metaverse and just going shopping in the street (laughs) absolutely absolutely i think i was more surprised by the lowercase c than i was about accenture song personally that rubbed you up the wrong way did it well i'm still trying to get over it yeah (laughs) it's sad to get uppercase c for you know 14 years of recovering media so it's yeah it seemed like a big move (laughs) (laughs) it is indeed well i guess we're gonna have to see how this one plays out there seems to be quite a lot more to go That's all we have time for today. Thank you, Gideon and Maisie, for joining us. And thank you to our new producer, Joe Walker, from Rethink Audio, for helping to put this podcast together. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. And also check out our website, campaignlive.co.uk, and subscribe to Campaign to stay up to date with everything that's going on in Adland. I hope you'll join us next time on behalf of the Campaign team. Goodbye. Goodbye.